I'm not looking to depart before my time. I'm not, I've learned through the years not to wish my days away, but to live this life to the fullest that God's given us and blessed us with. When he calls me home, I want to be ready. And heaven ain't going to be such a bad place after all. It's where I'm longing to be. I was thinking today of uh, Brother Scotty Fulcher at Butler. First Assembly passed away. He has a wonderful church there. He's been pastoring that church for many years. And we support the uh, McLeuys as missionaries. If you remember, they're missionaries to Columbia. They were with us, I think, last year. Uh, have a ministry to the deaf. And uh, we've got another missionary group that we're trying to support. Or uh, They'll be coming in April and want to try to support them. They're also out of that church. And I told uh, Brother Corey, when you're constantly putting out missionaries out of your church, you're doing something right. And uh, Brother Scotty had uh, surgery this past week. And uh, while in surgery, he suffered a stroke. And he never, uh, he never regained consciousness and uh, passed away yesterday. Just kind of all shocking events and un unexpected. As you know, Brother Dwayne Pooler passed away last week. They held his funeral on Friday. And uh, I I'm just thinking back just in this uh, last calendar year with COVID involved, how many, how many preachers and pastors I know that that passed away that are that are in the presence of the Lord right now. And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't have no promise of tomorrow. I could be the next one. That's right. If somebody's attending my funeral and saying, Oh, Brother Eddie was was a great guy. Yeah. Our time here is very short. Yes, is. Like a vapor. We're here and we're gone. God been dealing with my heart a lot about it in prayer. About what we're gonna do. We better do it now. We're going to allow our children's church to be dismissed along with our children. Appreciate them. Sister Paige for her working with them. If you have your Bible, you want to read with us. We're going to read this morning out of the book of St. Luke, chapter 19. And we'll begin reading with verse 37. St. Luke, chapter 19, verse number 37. Luke 19, beginning with verse 37, reads like this. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. He answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, 
saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I was in prayer one morning this week. I can't remember which day, but as I got up and just began to, to pray and seek the Lord, God spoke something startling to me and has dealt with me all week on it. And this is what God said to me. It's now or never. It's now or never. And that's what I want to preach about this morning. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we ask that you'll speak to our heart by your spirit. I'm nothing, Lord, but you're everything. God, I ask that you'd speak to us this morning through your word and by your spirit. Touch this feeble voice, oh God, that's weak and fragile. Oh God, move me aside for the next few moments. Let us hear what the spirit would say into the church. God, let your word find the good ground of our heart. Let our lives yield a hundredfold, I pray. Let us not waste what is going to be said or what God desires to do in our life today. God, make this a fruitful day in the lives of your people and in the church as a whole. God, I praise you for it. We ask it in your mighty name. If you love him, would you say amen? <clears throat> Jesus standing on the Mount of Olives about to enter into Jerusalem for the last time before he's to be crucified stood on that very mount when we think of a mountain we think we think of a big old mountain one that if you drive up in the winding roads of it and look down man you're way up Looking down, I've been in some foreign countries and been way up high in the mountains. Been in the Philippines, yeah. their mountains, just driving up. I think it was about three hours we drove up into the mountains, and around and around and down and around. You talk about car seat, I just, whoo, it was off. Three hours of that made me dread living. Marshall Adcock was behind me in the back seat and we were coming back down. Worse on him because those cars were so junky and ragged. And the old exhaust fumes were coming up through the back seat, filling the car up. We're round and around and down. And every time we'd hit a curve, I'd think in my mind, oh God, don't let me throw up. I'd hear Brother Marshall behind me in the, in the back seat saying, oh. But I've been on the Mount of Olives, it's nothing like that. It would it would be like a hill for us, it really would. And that's saying something for us in Alabama. That's about the best we can get, it's a little hill. We don't have mountains 
down here in the Mount of Olives, that's, it's not much more than a, than a steep hill in my opinion, just a little steep uphill walk and you're standing right there where Jesus stood as he overlooked the old city of Jerusalem in that eastern gate where he rode in on a foal, the colt of a donkey. That's where this took place, but as he, you, they'll stand you right there and allow you to look into that gate right there on the Mount of Olives from where he stood and I stood where he stood and I could imagine tears running down his face as the Bible said he wept over the city saying, if you had only known that at the very least in this thy day, the things which belonged unto your peace, but now it's over. Missed it. They're hid from your eyes. What I would have done and what I could have done and what I wanted to do, that's all past now. I'm, I'm headed to the cross. You missed your day. You missed your chance. You missed your time. He said, now the days are going to come upon you. Your enemies are going to hem you in. They're going to raise this whole city. Not one stone's going to be left on top of another. They're going to slay your children with it because you did not know or you missed the time of your visitation. And I, I didn't know what text. I, I, God spoke my heart in prayer and just said the, the phrase to me, it's now or never. And then I had to continue to pray through the week concerning what scripture God wanted to direct me to. I didn't, he didn't even give me a text. He just dealt with me on the burden. It's now or never. The season, the hour that we're living in, what God wants and desires to do in our heart, in our life, and in the church. Uh, we need to wake up. We need to shake ourselves. Uh, we need to get about the Father's business uh, because the days are soon coming. Jesus said the night comes when no man shall be able to work. I believe we're already seeing that night settle in upon us, uh, especially here in America. Listen, uh, God began to he directed me to this text. Uh, then he began to deal with my heart about what to say. And number one, the Lord said, it's now or never in this very moment where we find ourselves today. This service was ordained for you. This message was burdened upon my heart for someone specifically. And what you do right now in this moment may seal your fate forever. Think about that. You're never going to have this moment back. You're never going to get this opportunity to respond to this message ever again. You really don't know if you'll ever get to hear another message again. Think about it. It's now or never for this moment. God's ordained this moment for me. I'm sitting in the church. I'm sitting in the presence of God. I'm hearing the word of the Lord. What am I going to do in this moment? 
how will my, my heart respond to the message? You're never going to get it back. Secondly, God said it's now or never on what you decide to give to God with this day. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee or gathered thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, Paul there is speaking to the church in Corinth. And in Isaiah chapter 49, those were the words of the prophet. When he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I gathered thee, or succored thee is the way Paul put it. But he tells the church in Corinth, he said, Behold, now is that accepted time. Behold, now is that day of salvation that the prophet prophesied of. He said that, the, the, the acceptable time to seek God is not tomorrow. It's not next month. It's not when you get your act together. It's not when your children grow up and it's just you and your wife at home together alone because I know how busy life can get. Johnny's got ball, Susie's got soccer, it's this, it's that, I'm working on, it's now is the acceptable time to seek the Lord, and right now is your day to get saved. God said, if you put it off, you'll miss it. Put off, put off your prayer meeting, just put it off. I'll pray in a little while. I'll pray later. I'll pray when I get all this other stuff done. You'll find it's night. You're tired and nasty. You get in the shower. When you get out, your eyes are heavy. And if you did try to pray, you don't even remember what you said before you drifted off. Now is the acceptable time to seek the Lord. He's dealing with your heart now is the right time to pray. When he's talking to you, now is the right time to get saved. I've often said, don't when you witness to somebody, don't tell them, hey, I want you to come to go to church with me on Sunday. If you're witnessing to somebody, you need to give them the opportunity then and there, on the street, on the job, riding down the road, in in Walmart parking lot. I don't care uh, when or where. Today, right now, is the opportunity for them to get saved. Conviction will be gone come Sunday. They probably won't even show up. They'll be forgot about it. Or their heart will have been hardened. Listen to Luke 19 and verse number 1. I want you to notice verse number 1 because if you read right through it, if you read right over it real fast, you just miss it. You miss what's happening in Luke chapter 19. It says in Luke 19 and 1, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jesus entered and passed through. Jericho. You know where he's going? He's on his way to the cross. He's on his way to Calvary. 
He entered into Jericho and he's passing through Jericho and he ain't ever coming back to Jericho ever again. If you get a hold of God or if you touch Christ today, it's going to be the last day you have a chance to touch him because he's never coming through this city again. It said, Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is the son of Abraham. I want to tell you, Zacchaeus, if he wouldn't have ran ahead of Jesus, had he not felt like climbing up a tree, and going to the furthest length to do whatever it took to get Jesus' attention. He was a short little man. He couldn't see the Lord and the Lord couldn't see him. But you know what? He said, I don't see a step ladder handy, but I do see a tree. I'll climb up that tree. I'll hang from a limb. Old Bartimaeus said, you know what? Jesus is passing by. I may never get the opportunity again. I can't see him, but I know he's near. I trust he can see me. All I can do is cry and cry aloud. I can't afford to let him pass me by. Bartimaeus used his voice and Zacchaeus used his hands and his feet. I want to tell you, use the faculties God's given you. Use your mind, use your heart, use your voice, use what God gave you to say to Jesus, I can't afford to let another day, I can't afford to let another moment pass me by. I must be saved. I must be saved. I must have your touch in my heart and upon my life. But if you don't, You'll be hearing what Jerusalem heard. If, you'd, if you would have only knew what I desired to do in your life, had you only knew the blessing that I had waiting on you, all that pain, all that heartache, all that misery, all that torment, that I desired just to lift that off of you. I had a future. I had a life planned for you, one of blessing, one of victory, one of joy. Your children would have been preachers. Uh, your grandchildren would have been Sunday school teachers and missionaries. Uh, I would have laid the axe to the root of the tree. A new tree would have sprung up in its place uh, with new fruit, uh, love and joy and peace and long-suffering. 
Oh yeah, uh, age, meekness, temperance, uh, all these things uh, would I have put in you. All those works would I have done in you and through you had you only knew what was waiting on you had you responded in that moment, your life would have been totally different. I wonder how many alcoholics died and went to hell when God had a life of sobriety and victory in store on I wonder how many died high on drugs or under the influence of drugs when God had a different road for them. I wonder how many marriages ended Oh, in pain and in heartache, but if they would have allowed the Lord to work in their heart and their life, they'd be married today. Their testimony would be one of joy and victory. It's now or never. I didn't just think this up. God spoke that to me in prayer. Today, for all of us collectively or for one of us individually, God is saying it is now or it's going to be never. Oh, That's serious. Yes. Third, the Lord said to me, it's now or never in this season of your life. Man, we all, we, seasons has been a catch word for a long time in the church. Oh, this is our season for this. This is our season for this. And the Bible does say, for everything there's a time and a season. Yeah, that's right. Bible says that. So I'm not against it, but I'm just telling you it's become like a, a click, a cliche, or a catchphrase. This is our season for prosperity. Yeah. This is our season for revival. But God said to me, it's now or never in this season of your life, meaning this. Parents, you'll never have the kind of influence over your children that you do while they're young. Their minds are being shaped. Habits are being developed. Their hearts are being either tenderized or hardened. How they view the Lord, the Bible, and the church will all be determined right now today. If you miss God, while they're young, you're going to weep when they're old. You're teaching them how important God is every day of your life. And for most people, they're teaching him just a little dab will do you. Maybe one day a week if they're lucky. But Christ, for the most part, is never mentioned. They live their life in a world. They're taught to pursue the things of the world. And Christ has very little to no place in their life because that's what they've been taught. Their little hearts and minds are being shaped. And when they get to be rebellious teenagers, uh, when they're sitting in jail or they're shoveling dirt uh, over a premature grave, uh, they're going to say, I don't understand. I took them to church. Uh, no, no. You're missing out uh, on a season in their life uh, to show them Christ uh, is Lord. He is our life. In him we live and move and have our being. We're nothing without him. Christ is my life. I've been told 
Hey, I, I've been guilty. When I, when I first got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, if there's a revival or a camp meeting anywhere in driving distance, I'd call my pastor and say, let's go. I, looking back on that time in my life, had I known then what I knew now, the, the responsibilities of a pastor. He's got three messages a week to, to prepare for. All the other responsibilities going on. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bugged him or you know or, or, or asked him to to do all of that near as much as I did, but I I didn't know. I was just a newborn baby. I, I didn't think he had nothing else in the whole world to do but to go to every revival and every camp meeting with me. But you know what? He always went. He invested and poured into my life and he always went with me and I Thank God that what he was doing, he was helping mold, shape my life forever. Had somebody not poured into me at that moment, all that God desired to do in me may have been wasted. You know, it's not only important to get people saved, but it's also important to disciple people who are saved. Teach them. To observe whatsoever things that I've commanded you to do. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature and unto all nations, making disciples out of teaching them. Teaching them to observe what somebody told me. I got I'd gotten saved. Every night I was going to church somewhere and they said, You go to church more than Jesus did. I said, Jesus, the head of the church, everywhere he went, he had church. And I said, but I get what you're saying. I'm going to the house, to a temple made by man's hand that we call the church. I'm going nearly every night. I said, but I can tell you this, I need it more than he did. I need what God's doing in my life. From that day to this, to this day, for over 27 years, Jesus has been my life. Not one day have I ever felt like uh, I'm taking a day off from the Lord. My every thought, my every choice, my every decision, my every love has been wrapped and centered around my love for Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of my life. How are you going to make a decision without him? Well, I got a promotion. They want to move me to California. Well, that's what they want to do. But it may be the Lord saying, this job's over. I got a different one, a better one for you. I can guarantee you one thing. If there ain't no church where my job wants to send me, it's over for me and that job. You're talking about my wife's relationship with God. You're talking about my children, my grandchildren. They're, how their lives are going to be shaped. If there ain't a church, I ain't a going. That's right. That's right. But do you know some people, they don't give that a second thought. No, they don't. Well, I got to go. No, sir. Well, you do, but I don't. That's right. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to follow him. And my life is going to be centered and revolving. Around him. Yes. Listen, we talk about seasons. Parents, your children 
They ain't going to be young forever. You don't shave them now, you're going to weep over them in the days to come. I promise. I promise. This season of life, while you're healthy, while you're strong, while you have your right mind, mm -hmm. while you're working and have a stable income, listen to me. It's going to be too late when you stand before God if you wasted all your best years and did nothing. Don't wait till somebody's pushing you in a wheelchair and say, I wish I had the strength to go and do and I would go out there and do and help you. Do it while you got the strength. Do it while you got strength enough to walk across the street and tell somebody about Jesus. While you got a job and you're making something, give something to the Lord. You get on a fixed income, you won't be able to give or do near as much. But while you got it, give it. God will take care of you the rest of your days. The Bible said if a man gives to the poor, he's lending to the Lord. And the last I checked, God has never left anybody holding the bag. God will make good on his debt. God will make good on his promise. God's blessed you. You're strong. you got a good job. I'm telling you, Biden and Pelosi and Schumer, they're plotting to take every dime you got. God told me, me personally, not to tell you, but he said to me, while you still got some money left, find you somewhere overseas. Find a man of God. Find a mission's work. Give it to me before he takes it all from you. What you give to God today will never be lost. A million years from now, you'll thank God for every one cent you gave to the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, I'll say this. Biden and that Communist Party systematically taking America down. The days of our wealth are being taken away right before our very eyes. I'm not being political with you. I'm being factual. America's changing by the hour. They're, they're passing laws, railroading it right through. It's going to change elections. There won't never be another Republican win another election as far as what I can see. Nobody that don't line up with their agenda is never going to be in office. News media, there's no news anymore. That's government propaganda. They keep that garbage into your living room and want you to believe and to follow their agenda. Like, you know, like a Pied Piper leading a nation straight into hell. Everything is systematically being transformed before our eyes to march in step with the Antichrist. Do you know those leaders are demon-possessed uh, and they're shaping the world to follow the devil himself uh, in the form of the Antichrist? Listen, if you will ever invest in the God's kingdom, it's now or never. The kingdom of God is the only place you can bank it and not lose it. Gain an eternal return on your investment. Bill Gates said... Last week, he said, I invested $10 billion. 
several years ago, he said, I seen into the, I could see future financially. I invested $10 billion into vaccines, global vaccinations. He said, vaccinations have yielded me a 20% return on my $10 billion investment. So they said to him, so what you're saying is you have made $200 billion off of vaccines. He said, that's what I'm telling you. And now you know why he's pushing them. Give something to God. I guarantee you Gates hadn't gave a penny. Do you imagine answering to God for $200 billion and you never gave God a penny? You'll stand, this generation will stand next to him on the day of judgment and you'll hear God Almighty say to Bill Gates, you're a fool. It was a fool that thought he could gain the whole world but lost his soul. God will say to Bill Gates, you should have listened to a little peon named Eddie Sullivan on any given Sunday or Wednesday when he preached the gospel. This gospel, he said, is foolishness to them that perish. Why does he need God when he's got $200 billion? I want to tell you, when God strips your soul down and you don't have nothing, you'll thank God for salvation. You'll thank God for Calvary. You'll thank God for the blood of Jesus. You'll thank God for the Holy Ghost that convicted your soul. You'll thank God for old time preaching without compromise. You'll thank God for every service you felt conviction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no inflation in heaven. You're not going to lose this, honey. Hallelujah to God. You're going to thank God for everything he gave you. Give something to the Lord before those devils take it all away from you and laugh while you're bankrupt. Our season as a church family and a church body may be ending as we know it. I have been trying to come to grips with the realization when the when this man-made pandemic hit, this China-born virus that they unleashed upon the world out of a laboratory. That's right. They sure did it. When they did that and they shut us down about this time last year, February, I think back on that, we missed, we missed Easter last year. No sunrise, no Easter. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Missed Mother's Day last year. No church on Mother's Day. I'm telling you, not only was I grieved, I was mad. As the old says, a wet setting hen, I was mad. I had some of my buddies say, oh man, cheer up. This is just God's day of new opportunities. We got live stream and we've got... Zoom calls and 
God's showing us new ways and new. We got more people watching us on live stream than we ever had come sit in the church house. We got new ways. I said, I don't want to hear that jump. I said, I, I look at that main page. You can go back and see who viewed the live stream, and 90% of the views were for five seconds or less. They strolled down, watched you preaching for five seconds, and don't want to. Don't want to waste my time with that. But it counted as a view. Some preachers patting themselves on the back because somebody winked at them for five seconds. I said, I don't want to hear that. I want the church to be open. I want to be able to go to church. I want to be able to have a Bible. I want to be able to have camp meeting. I want to be able to preach on the street, in a jail, in a convalescent home. I want to be able to gather with people and preach to them face to face. I want to feel what I feel when God steps in that room. One of my best friends, brother, Shannon Connor, he, he said, I don't know if you're angry or depressed, but I'm, I'm praying for you. You've got to get victory. Over this. Well, I, I'm telling you, over the last year, I've been slowly coming to grips with the fact that our season as a church family and a church body may be coming to an end. The day is coming to America when the church will be gone in the rapture. Underground like the church in China are completely dead like the church in Europe. I've been to European nations. They've got these giant, massive cathedrals that used to be teeming with hundreds and thousands of people every Lord's Day, and they call them mausoleums now. They're big, empty, museum-type pieces. The church in Europe is dead. The countries are socialistic, and socialism is atheism. They put God out of government, God out of school, and, and propag propagate God out of the home. The church is gone. The church is dead. There's a very small remnant, uh, small gatherings of people scattered across Europe uh, that are praying for revival and, and should the Lord tarry. I'm telling you, America is walking down the same path. A socialistic nation that'll turn into an atheistic nation, and most of your mainstream denominations will die, and most of your big churches will be a mausoleum, a museum, a relic of the past where your grandchildren and your great grandchildren will visit and say, They tell me this is where my old papa used to come and shout and praise God. But God won't be there. The Lord said it's now or never. If you're going to get in while we can still have church you better start getting in. If you're going to be faithful while God is still allowing us to meet you better start being faithful. You're going to see God use you as far as in the church capacity. You better start letting him use you. Say it. Say it's now it. or never. 
than last. This day, this moment, and this hour is all that I will promise you, saith God. I've given unto you my son. I've given unto you my spirit. I've given unto you my word. I've sent unto you the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, the missionary to build you up and to edify you to strengthen you and to perfect you saith the Lord to adorn you as a bride that prepares for the bride's groom but your day of visitation is swiftly coming to an end saith the Lord what you do I say unto you do quickly for I come quickly saith I was going to close with this where revival's concerned. It's now and never. America's on her deathbed. Biden ain't going to do nothing about it. Trump's powerless to do anything about it. <coughs> Can't nobody help us but him. God still answers prayer. If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then would I hear from heaven and would forgive their sin and would heal their land. It all hinges on the word if. While we can still pray, why we can still call upon the name of the Lord. Why we can still assemble and meet. Have a prayer meet. God saying unto us, our opportunity for revival in America as we know it is now or never. I want to take God at his word this morning. He startled me this week in prayer. He has shook me all week long, stirred me up and troubled my spirit not to waste my day of visitation. Better take God seriously. Better listen to the heeding and the warning of the Lord through his word and by his spirit. You better do something about it. Your soul, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, our church and our nation is depending on what we do next. Yeah. Would you meet me in this altar? This morning, let's seek the Lord's face together. Yes. Oh, God, help us this morning. <clears throat>